You're listening to The Health Classes You Missed. My name is Monica and I'm a secondary school health teacher with a passion for all things health. Whether you're currently at school or you finished 20 years ago, this podcast will help you understand those topics that may have been skimmed over, considered inappropriate or flat out ignored. So sit up straight, faces forward, let's get into it. Hi team, we will be discussing sexual abuse stories and the topic of sexual abuse a fair bit within this episode. If this isn't okay for you right now, maybe skip it and come back when you're ready. And of course, if you need support at any time, contact 1-800-RESPECT on 1-800-737-732. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode. How are we all? I hope we're good. I'm in a bit of a mood today. I'm going to be honest. I originally recorded this episode. I finished it. I did it uh, in the studio last week. And then it got to today, which is Sunday. It's actually Sunday night right now. uh, And I realized that there was a bit of key information missing that I just somehow skipped over when I was recording. So I'm back in my spare room. We're doing this now, which is fine. Everybody makes mistakes. Let's get into today's topic. So to change the tone a little bit here, we are talking about something that is very, very serious today. The question that we are answering is what is IBSA or what is image-based sexual abuse? That is what IBSA stands for, as you can see in the heading of this episode. And you might be thinking, why are we covering this? What? It might seem a little bit random. I don't know. I recently came across an article about a man named Stephen Bear. Now that name may be familiar to some of you. I remember him from when he dated Charlotte from Geordie Shaw, but basically he has been involved in a case of image-based sexual abuse over in the UK. So what happened here was he was dating a lady called Georgia Harrison, who is a public figure in her own right. He actually filmed her having sex without her permission, without her consent, and then he put it on his OnlyFans. Now, this is a public platform that people can subscribe to. So Stephen Bear was not only sharing a very, very intimate video that was taken without George's permission, but he was also profiting from it. Now, in this case, Stephen Bear was actually found guilty and sentenced to 21 months in prison. More specifically, he was found guilty of voyeurism and sharing private sexual videos without consent. And of course, it's absolutely wonderful that he has been sentenced. It is great. Of course, this should be what happens all the time. Unfortunately, it isn't always the case. According to another report, there was a man called Mitchell Brindley from Perth. So here in Australia, he actually created a fake Instagram account of his ex-girlfriend and posted naked images of her to a website that was linked to this Instagram account. In the end, Mitchell Brindley actually just received a 12-month intensive supervision order. He did skip any kind of jail time here. And interestingly, he was the first person to actually be convicted under new laws that came into effect in Western Australia in April of 2019. 
That particular law carries a maximum possible sentence of three years in jail and a fine of up to $18,000. So this person got off very, very lucky, I would say. And I guess this is just an example of the fact that not everyone is going to be sentenced to prison. In addition to these two stories, there has been another more recent uh, report going around about a particular North Melbourne player who has now been charged for threatening to distribute an intimate image. So this was not, I don't think the image was actually distributed. He was just threatening to distribute the image. This is also image-based sexual abuse. We'll explain all of that throughout this episode. There are unfortunately many, many, many more stories and reports that I could pull up and use as examples here. I don't know about anyone else or if other people will be able to relate to this. I know I've had a conversation with a few people about the content of this episode and they have said to me that they've had similar experiences here. But I unfortunately remember being in high school and I remember seeing photos or hearing about photos that were sent around the entire school sometimes. And back in the day, I definitely had no idea about the impact that this might have on a person who's experiencing that. Now, of course, we grow, we learn. The important thing is that we are learning about this here today. You are here with me to listen, to learn, because we know now that this kind of abuse leaves lasting mental health, self-esteem, and physical well-being effects for victims of IBSA. And I know here that I only mentioned uh, women as victims, According to eSafety, women are actually twice as likely to have their either nude or sexual images shared without their consent compared to men. Now, it's not to say that it isn't an issue both ways. Of course it is. But we also cannot deny that there is a level of misogyny behind image-based sexual abuse, and there definitely is an imbalance there, especially as we can see in those statistics. So let's get into some of the facts. What can image-based sexual abuse actually look like or what does it involve? Now, this is all according to 1-800-RESPECT. IBSA involves taking and or sharing nude or sexual images without permission. It involves posting nude or sexual images without permission. It involves photoshopping images of a person onto an image or video. Now, this is not... I mean, it is including just general Photoshop, but it also includes something quite new. And this is known as deep fakes. Now, deep fakes involves altered images or videos where a person's face or other kind of identifying features appear in pornographic content. So this is more advanced technology here. And these deep fakes complicate things a lot. This is because people can now create non-consensual pornography of literally anyone and post it online. And of course, it is still classified as image-based sexual abuse because if a person hasn't consented to maybe an identifying feature or their face being used in a pornographic video, whether or not it is fake or real, it doesn't matter. The consent is not there. Therefore, it does still come under this umbrella. We will talk about this a little bit later on in the episode, but there is regulation lacking here in Australia for this kind of image-based sexual abuse. IBSA can also look like taking an image of a person's breasts or upper person's skirt without permission. 
It could be secretly filming consensual sexual activity. So maybe someone has consented to partaking in sexual activity with someone else, but then this person has filmed them or taken photos of them without them knowing. It involves filming sexual assault or sharing images of sexual assault. And like we talked about in the example with that North Melbourne player, it involves threatening to distribute nude or sexual images. And that is even if they don't exist. So even if a person doesn't have a sexual image, if they say, I've got this of you and I'm going to share it, blah, 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 that is still classified as image-based sexual abuse, is the intent behind it that is the problem there. And finally, it can look like accessing another person's account or files and stealing their intimate images. And I know that we have all heard of certain celebrity stories where this has happened. One that came to mind when I was researching this was Jennifer Lawrence, total invasion of privacy. And you look back now at how the media handled that, absolutely horrific. We'll talk about the impact that this can have on victims a little bit later on. Moving on now, let's talk about maybe a question that some people have here. And to be honest, when I was talking about the content of this episode with other people, I often had to call image-based sexual abuse revenge porn. And that's something that I definitely used as well before researching this episode. And I'm going to talk to you about why we shouldn't use the words revenge porn and we should use image-based sexual abuse. So according to an article from RMIT, image-based sexual abuse is the non-consensual distribution of nude or sexually explicit images, which could be photos or videos of a person. And revenge porn is just an inaccurate term here because the name can almost make it sound like there can only be one reason that a person does this, and that is for revenge. However, there can be a whole range of motivations behind why a person may share images or videos in this way. We learned from the example with Stephen Bear that profit can be a motivation here, Other motivations might include blackmail, coercion, even to impress other people. So for example, someone might say, look how attractive my girlfriend or boyfriend is, whatever. None of these reasons are justifiable in any sense. It doesn't matter what the motivation is behind it. It is abuse. It is wrong. It should not be done. The RMIT article also discusses the fact that the pornography part of the term makes it sound like all the images or videos that are put out have to be completely of pornographic nature when that is actually not always the case. For example, there was a really, really big story here in Australia many years ago now, but an ex-AFL player by the name of Brendan Favola actually took a photo of his then partner, Lara Bingle, and that ended up being circulated. That was throughout the media, the internet. It was absolutely everywhere at the time. Now, this particular image was not actually pornographic, Lara Bingle was almost caught out in the shower and obviously as any normal person does they are naked when they are showering. Now it's not pornographic but it's still a nude image that was sent around without her consent and still has the ability to cause serious harm which it did. I was just disgusted even researching for this episode. That image is still able to be found on the internet on pages that just have revolting names. It's horrible. It's still there. It's still around. In some ways, I guess that means that it is still normalized. So thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Those are some reasons why we're going to turn away from using revenge porn to image-based sexual abuse, which was what we should call it. And of course, I will clarify that when we talk about this image-based sexual abuse, 
We are talking about the image-based abuse of adults, so people over the age of 18. Moving on now, let's look at some statistics. So according to a 2017 RMIT research article, one in five Australians aged 16 to 49 have experienced some form of image-based sexual abuse in their lifetime. According to 1-800-RESPECT, people who experience image-based sexual abuse are almost twice as likely as those who haven't experienced image-based sexual abuse to report experiencing high levels of psychological distress, including symptoms of moderate to severe depression and anxiety, as well as feeling fearful for their safety. So this can have really severe impacts on the people that experience it. One in five Australians aged 16 to 49, that is far too many people. And we know that this can impact people in many, many, many different ways. And there are many different reasons why a person may partake in image-based sexual abuse behaviors. Of course, we talked about them, revenge, money, blackmail, coercion, impression, bullying, harassment, humiliation. This is so much more than just sharing a naked or sexual photo. There are deep effects that can occur mentally, physically, and emotionally from an experience like this. Image-based sexual abuse can take away a person's privacy. It violates their rights to dignity, to sexual autonomy, to freedom of expression. We all know that it's not funny to bully, to harass, to humiliate people, to threaten people. And that is exactly what image-based sexual abuse is. And the effects of that can be serious. We just talked about it. Victims may experience severe depression and anxiety. They may be fearful for their safety. There can be embarrassment and shame associated with this. There has been direct links to self-harm as a result of image-based sexual abuse. This is something that people need to learn, especially with the laws changing, the laws getting harsher, thank goodness, but also the world being more cyber. I don't know if that's, that sounds like a, such an old person way to say it, but we're online so much more than we ever have been before. Cyberbullying and harassment are more prolific than ever. We just simply cannot let things like image-based sexual abuse happen anymore. I'm calling it now. You're listening to this. You're understanding. You know it. If there's people in your life that you think maybe need to know about this and understand this in a more serious matter, please send them this episode. Please make sure that every single person around you is educated about this topic. It is important. Let's talk about the laws, the regulations here in Australia. So this is all according to tech safety. Now, the Online Safety Act and federal criminal laws both apply all across Australia. However, as with most things here, states and territories have their own laws. And interestingly, Tasmania is the only state or territory in Australia not to have made image-based sexual abuse a specific criminal offense. So catch up, Tasmania. Now, I do want to be transparent here. It is kind of hard to find a direct answer as Essentially, each case will be handled individually, but let's try and summarize it here. So there is a disclaimer on this particular tech safety website that states that technology facilitated abuse, which is kind of like the deep fake stuff we were talking about at the start, is a developing area of the law. So that's how new it is. It's actually 
They're not really sure how to handle it yet. It also states that any case is treated individually. So of course, as I've said, this information is general. So the first one here, it is an offense to intentionally visually capture an adult person's genital or anal region without consent. And the maximum penalty here is two years imprisonment. So an example here might be a person takes a photo up a person's skirt or down their top without their consent. The next offense here is distribution of an image of genital or anal region without consent from the person. Again, the max penalty is two years imprisonment. So this, again, using the other example, maybe a person takes a photo up of another person's skirt and then sends it to their friends. The third one here is the distribution of an intimate image without consent. And this is actually a maximum penalty of seven years. So this example might be a boyfriend promises to keep naked images of their girlfriend to himself. They ask for an image. They say, I won't show anyone. And then they actually share it with a group of friends or send it on to someone. This is when the max penalty is seven years. You might be thinking, what is the difference between a genital and anal region image and an intimate image? Basically, when it says genital or anal region, that is whether the kind of regions here we're talking about are covered up or not. So that's where we say, you know, it could be in a public space if someone just takes a photo up someone's skirt or down their top, whereas intimate images actually involve a person being engaged in sexual activity or the manner of the context is sexual, you know, the genitals or anal area or breasts of a person are actually exposed. Another offense here involves if a person convinces another person to send an intimate photo of themselves over social media and then threatens to distribute this image to their family or their workplace, uh, using it against them, blackmailing them in this way. Uh, this person, if you did this, could go to prison for up to five years. Now, there is so much more information here on this website. So, of course, it's going to be in the show notes. Have a read through that. I found it pretty easy to understand, much more easy than going through the Crime Act documents and things like that. It took so long, to be honest, to find any kind of almost concrete answer. So um, this is, again, very general. And when we're looking at individual cases, these things are all going to vary but as always, check the show notes for more info here. So kind of on that note, what do you do if you or someone you know experiences image-based sexual abuse? The first thing, of course, is to tell someone that you trust. Talk to someone in your life that you trust. Do not think that you need to handle this on your own. And more importantly, do not be ashamed because it is not your fault. It is totally unacceptable to completely break the trust of another person and share these kinds of things or threaten to share these kinds of things or take anything, any photo, any video, whatever, without a person's consent. And maybe you've heard of something like this or maybe you've even ex you're someone who's experienced something like this where you receive a photo or something that maybe you didn't necessarily ask for or it wasn't expected Maybe it's not from a partner. Maybe this has just happened. Just delete it. Move on. This is not an invitation to then show your friends or send it to someone else or laugh about it. It's an issue in the first place if someone is sending unsolicited photos, but it is also equally as important not to distribute those things anywhere either. 
Another thing, you know, if you had a partner who you're no longer with and there were images or videos shared or taken maybe while you were together, once you break up with that person, they are no longer yours. Those images or videos to have, if that consent has been withdrawn, you need to delete them. You need to move on. Sharing, taking, or threatening to distribute any image or video, this kind of thing is abuse. We have called it that this whole episode. It is a form of abuse that is accurate. That is exactly what it is. If this happens to you, this person has not only betrayed your trust, but they have broken the law. It is not your fault. I really wanted to make that point first. It is also really, really important understanding that not everyone is genuine, being able to identify that maybe in the people that you are speaking to, especially if it is an online situation, especially if you don't know the person. That is all about having knowledge on how to use the internet safely. If there is ever someone who is trying to coerce you to send them an image, you don't want to, you feel uncomfortable, whether that is in person or online, it does not matter. Make sure, I mean, anyone make sure that you talk to someone that you trust, you let them know what's going on. It is never too late to reach out for help. And just like I mentioned at the start of this episode, I would suggest contacting 1-800-RESPECT on 1-800-737-732. They can provide confidential information. They can provide referral and counseling for those people who need it too. In addition to that, your GP can refer you to a psychologist or a counselor for more emotional support in this way. Once again, there should be no shame attached here. If you experience image-based sexual abuse, the person has not only broken your trust, but they have broken the law. And just for the final part of this episode, guys, we're going to talk about getting images taken down. Now, to do this, if you find that, like one of the stories we mentioned at the start, the person had made an Instagram and then a website of their ex-girlfriend, contact the website or social media site that it's on. You can actually have uh, or send requests to have them removed. Google can help with this too. And there is some free legal advice online as well. The eSafety Commissioner website has a lot of information about how to report an image. There is information about evidence collection for police. Again, the tech safety website also has information about gathering evidence You can find all of this in the show notes. Make sure that you have a read. Maybe you are someone who has experienced this before. Once again, it's never too late to reach out for help. That is all for today's episode, guys. It was a pretty serious one today. I do hope that you learned something. I hope you guys feel more informed about this very important topic. And remember, image-based sexual abuse is not your fault. Thanks team. Love yous. I'll be back soon. See you later.